Hey guys, and welcome to Personality Bingo with me, your host, Tom Moran. <laughs> so this week on the podcast, we have that noise that you've just heard there. It's the um, very damp sounding Danielle Galligan. Dripping, I am. <laughs> Danielle is an actor uh, based right here in Dublin who... Uh, <laughs> It's just going to giggle our way through this whole introduction. Uh, this is incredibly unprofessional, but we may start as we mean to go on. Uh, Danielle is... <laughs> I don't even know what that sound is. Oh my God. This oh, do you know what I can do, though? <laughs> this is an all-new low. Yeah, I know. Okay. Look at all my talents, people. Hire me, yes. Well, come see more of our talents in lyrics at the theatre upstairs. Uh, we preview on the 30th of March. That's already going to happen by the time this one comes out. Um, but we are opening on Mar- uh, April the 3rd? 2nd? 2nd? 3rd. April 3rd. Uh, so come check it out at theatre upstairs. We're on 7 o'clock every night. There's also matinees at 1 o'clock on the Wednesdays and the Saturdays. Uh, we put loads into the show. It's going really well. And I'd love to hear what you guys think. So Unless uh, it's bad, then you can go fuck yourself. Yeah, exactly. Well said, Danielle. No, that's not true. I'm sorry. Okay. All opinions are valid. Please enjoy <laughs> Danielle Galligan playing personality bingo <laughs> with Tom Moran. Daniel Galligan, ready to play personality bingo? Danny fucking G. All right, sweet. <laughs> um, so I'm going to give you a quick explainer of how it all works. So I've got 60 bingo balls in right. here. I'm going to put 60 minutes on the clock. And I uh, am also going to give you these six wonderful uh, bingo numbers. I'm actually going to give you five. And I'm going to ask you to pick the sixth. Any number okay. of your choosing, something between one and 60. How do you feel about your chances of winning today? Um, pretty lucky. And I never feel lucky. Really? Yeah, never. What do you think it is? Is it like because you're sitting across from me? Um, no, I think it's because... Because I got a free coffee on the way here. And I'm like, well, let's just keep that going. Really? <laughs> it's nothing got to do with you, Tom. So, <laughs> do me a favour. Read out the five numbers on that okay. sheet right now. Uh, five. Yep. 17. Okay. 28. Right. 14. Yeah. 50. The age I'll die. Oh, very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, well, 28 really is very going to be premature and tragic. Uh, nice. <laughs> well, maybe pick a number um, between one and 60 where you're going to start living. I mean, oh, I mean, really living. Uh, oh, God. Because oh, okay. let's be honest, your life so far has been a sham. <laughs> it's been pretty pretty bleak to be honest um not even not even bleak bleak is too enter- is too interesting it's just been a uh, vanilla oh well <laughs> sorry pick a number um i'm gonna say 30 flirty and thriving oh nice yeah i like it i can't take any credit for that that's from a film okay <laughs> right uh, and i should say that if all six of them numbers do come out that means that you in the game the tables have turned and you get to ask me any question oh, the whole world fantastic all six of them all six. What if I get like three? No, you go fuck yourself. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> Look, there's no one else will. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even started, and this is great. God just, love me, because no one else will. <laughs> just the requests for edits start coming in now. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. Okay. No, um, I swear, people want to fuck me. I'm actually really attractive. <laughs> <laughs> right. Season season black. Okay, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Here we go. One, two, three. All right, first one out the gate, we have number eight. Do you have it? No. No worries. Number eight, the question is, do you have any irrational fears? Oh, yes, I do. Um, ghosts, which I know is so silly. And I'm like, I'm fully, like, I'm an, a- well, I'm a bit agnostic, but I'm mainly atheist. And I do believe that once you die, you die, and that's fine. Mm. But for some reason, ghosts, I feel like they follow me home from, I work in a, in a cocktail bar and it's uh, all the decor is quite antique. And being up there on the top floor when you're closing down the bar it just is it's quite scary and then people find that funny so they tell me that there's little girls called Emily 
Em- um, in Emily's the just a scary Emily's name. Emily's just such a scary, scary little girl name. I don't know why. It's so cliched, but I still fell for it. And and you've seen stuff, you've felt stuff? Yeah, I've seen stuff, felt stuff. And my family as well. It's all on my mom's side. And they're very in touch with that kind of whole astral plane. Like Nana says, she's had out-of-body experiences. Uncle Bill says that he can see auras. He actually tried to teach me one night and I kind of freaked out. My mom has this like blue healing hand. I'm making them sound like... Avatars. Absolute crackpots. <laughs> avatars. Well, yes, I come from a family of avatars. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> My secret's out. Jesus Christ, Tom, it only took a minute. <laughs> I'm very good at this. <laughs> but yeah, so that's probably my biggest irrational fear. Uh, what What have you seen? Um, yeah, see, that's the thing. I haven't. <laughs> it's not. It's so. It's not even grounded in anything. I just get the idea or the notion. <laughs> notions. I just get the idea, and yeah, it's about feeling energies. And I remember, like, it's not even like I'm still. I can't believe I'm saying this, but like, even last year, I had to go wake my mom up in the middle of the night when I was still living at home and be like, I think there's ghosts in the hall. And she's like, Danielle, I'm sick of this shit now. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, it's it's really stupid. I think it's just a way of trying to freak myself out. And when you when you think like when I say ghost to you, what do you picture? What's it look like? Um, I think yeah, it's at the. It's that cliched thing of the transparent, like the Harry Potter ghosts. Yeah. Those. Billy Connolly with his head chopped off. That's what I picture. Wow. <laughs> well, no, that I wouldn't be scared of. Probably, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I like how it's so gloriously lacking in imagination. Yeah, I know, right? Like, there's nothing nuanced about it at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that's what they are. There's a little girl at the bottom of my bed. Yeah. But I think I used to, I used, used to get, or still do sometimes, get really bad sleep paralysis. Do you? Yeah, so then I wake up and there's, like, people in my room. But it's all just figures of my imagination. All my multiple personalities fight vying for a bit of attention, I think. Sleep paralysis sounds mental. I've never had it. It's mental. It's really, really mad. I one time got, like, inception sleep paralysis, where I kind of, I was going to sleep, and I went to sleep with my laptop on my stomach, and then I woke up with my laptop on my stomach. I was listening to Queens of Stone Age, and I was like, oh... I was having a really freaky dream. It must be something in the song. So I went to turn the song off and then these two arms came from underneath me and like pulled me down to the bed. And then I was like, ah, okay, it's just sleep paralysis, chill out. And then I woke up again with the laptop on my stomach and I was like, oh, fucking sleep paralysis, Jesus. Went to turn the song off and then there's like kids everywhere. And I was like, ah, and I couldn't. I was trying to get to the kids and you can't move and you can't speak. And then it happened again and I woke up again and I was actually on my couch and I was with my mom and I was like, why didn't you wake me up? I was shouting. She's like, no, you weren't, you mad thing. So weird. Yeah, the mind is a very strange place. The mind is a very strange place. We yeah. both have mams who are therapists. Yes, we do. That's interesting. And my mom has two kinds of therapists. She's a beauty therapist and she's a psychotherapist. Really? Yeah, she's one career just wasn't quite enough for her. Gas. Yeah. And does she actively do both right now? Yeah, she actively does both. She runs uh, the Galligan Beauty Group wow. um, <laughs> on, on Grafton Street, just where the Molly Malone statue used to be. You should call in. It's really great. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is not so a plug much. this is not a plug um, no yeah so she my nana set up the business in the 70s and then my mom took it over with her sister um, and then when I went to first year in secondary school she was kind of like hey running a business and teaching people isn't quite enough for me I'm going to go and get a degree um, so she went and did psychotherapy and counselling and now she does that and she's such a fucking saint that she does it for free and I'm like Lorraine come on would you not charge money like we could get a bit of bob I'd like a holiday um, but she's like, no, I'm so afraid I'm not helping people that she's too afraid to charge money. Really? Yeah, God love her. Yeah, she's a great woman. <laughs> God, my mum's such a cunt. <laughs> I always thought that about your mum. <laughs> I haven't even met her. Um, no, mom, Mrs. Moran, get your act together. <laughs> do you think it's it's interesting, like, especially, um, you know, because one of the things I can only imagine, uh, especially, like, so as a female therapist, um, like, so you're seeing whatever percentage of, like, uh, female clients, and then I wonder whatever percentage of cli- female clients have, like, issues with like you know uh, self esteem and like uh, body mm-hmm. issues and stuff yeah. it's a kind of interesting thing that like on one hand like in like the beauty industry which like you know is is like 
I don't want to say like part of the problem. I think, y- yeah. Like, no, I would agree. I'm to just saying extent. there's an interesting parallel you could draw there. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that what I, because I remember having that, I used to work in the salon when I was younger just for a bit of bob on the side. And um, I remember one day I, because I, like a lot of the time I roll out the bed, and I don't wear a lot of makeup. Like I love makeup and I wear loads when I go out. But like day to day, I'm just like, ah, yeah. Um, and I remember going in one day without makeup and whoever's working in the salon with me is like, Danielle, you can't be here at the front of the salon with no makeup on. And I was like, but why? It's my face. And they're like, yeah, but you know, you're representing, you're at the front, you have to, you know, you have to look presentable. And my mom said, and then I just went, bullshit to that. Um, and But my mom had the same thing when she was younger, she was in college and she was, because she never let we, me wear makeup until I was way older. Um, and she had the same thing. She was like, every morning you're getting up and you're putting the slap on, you're putting it on to perfection. And she kind of just looked at her, had one of those moments in the mirror when she was like, the fuck am I doing she's like oh Jesus this is awful you know like every morning to perfection but um, yeah so what I like about her is that like she wouldn't call herself a beautician because mm. I feel like well now this is my limited knowledge on the whole thing um, that's more kind of geared towards the makeup side and, and the nails and all that kind of stuff whereas mom is much more into like biology was her favourite subject she's into the body and she's into the muscles and she's into reflexology and massage and um like Reiki and all that kind of stuff. So like her favorite things to teach her all of that, the insertion and origin of the muscles and the layers of the skin and all that kind of stuff and taking care of that as a whole, Mm. as opposed to, you know, the makeup side of it, which is also really interesting. I think at the moment, what we're able to do with our faces is really interesting. It's like art. But um, but yeah, I do agree with that in a way that it is slightly part of the problem. Yeah, it's interesting. She just probably has like a really healthy perspective on it. She really does. And I was like, yeah, fair play to you because I think, uh, yeah, some people don't. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, it's one of the kind of, um, I suppose, qualms that I have with that as an industry. Because mm. everyone was always like, you're going to take it over. You're going to take it over. It's in the family. And my mom was always very much like, no, no, Danny can go and do what she wants. I say she's kicking herself now that I've chosen to be an actor. <laughs> she's like, come on. <laughs> but um, no, she's very supportive. But yeah. Um, but yeah, and I was always kind of like, oh, I just don't like that element of it. Mm. But I think, yeah, sure, look. And yeah. my nana always said, she was always like, no matter how, I think it was like, during the recession or something, because I've always been very freaked out about money. And I was like, oh, but like, where's our business going to go under? Young little naive Danny during the start of the recession. She was like, Danny, no matter how poor everyone gets, they still want you to make them look good. And I was like, yeah, fair. It's true. So there, there they are now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sweet, right, let's give it a spin. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 it's great, it's great. It's great I get self-conscious about talking about myself for too long. Oh, you're so going to It's probably the worst thing to be doing. I'm going to hate this podcast. <laughs> Uh, number 47, do you have it? No. Number 47, no worries. Question is, happy or sad? Tell us about a moment in your life you'll never forget. Your face is hilarious. <laughs> oh, God. Your face went, like, just the mouth just dropped. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a happy or sad, a moment I'll never forget. It's so funny you ask that question and then my mind just goes blank. Yeah. I don't remember anything. I'm never happy or sad, I'm dead inside. Oh, yeah, sorry. Um, yeah. Come on, next question. No, um... A moment I'll never forget. I really don't really know. Yeah. What about like, so you've been on like the Abbey and the Gate stages. Mm-hmm. What, what what do you feel before you go on there? Do you, are you, do, are you like very like, you'll be chilled across the board or do you get equally nervous per thing? Or like, are you like more nervous to go like on stage for the first time at the Abbey than you are say like to go um, on at the new theatre or Beauties no, or something? No, definitely not. I think I get equal amounts of nerves and I do a horrible thing where I get so nervous that I, I, I becomes, it turns into apathy or not even apathy, but a kind of like a, you know, you get kind of paralyzed by the nerves because I'm like, I'm so nervous. I just can't do anything about it. I'm just not going to do any work. But, um, oh yeah, okay. I suppose a moment in my life I'll never forget then if we're going like kind of career wise 
um, was just recently, um, I was very lucky to be collaborating with amazing, amazing people. Um, and we got Arts Council funding to develop a play. And for me, that is something I never saw myself ever being able to do. Like even thinking about making my own work or even getting given money to do it. Now, it wasn't just me that got it. It was like, you know, lo- like really, really talented group of people. But um, yeah, so that's something I'll, I'll never forget that feeling. It's like standing outside the Lear and being on the phone and because I got sent to my home address. So my mom was opening the letter on the phone to me at the interval of a show in the Lear. And I was like, ah, so, yeah, that was really, really surreal. That's great. Yeah. Do you get I wish it was something more exciting, but no, I think that. That that for me right now the most recent one is is that one. And do you get that with like when if you get get a a part or like you know like something that you really want like do you do you get that like roar out loud moment or? Yeah, I think it it really depends on the on the part. Um, like there's this TV series that I've been absolutely obsessed with since it opened and started. I've watched every single episode twice, and um, I got a like a tiny small part on that. Um, what was it? But it had a uh, I don't know. It's not out yet, so I can't tell oh. you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just mouthed it at Tom. Oh, so you're about to come... Yeah, so the, the latest one is about to... Yeah, so like, re, like I have a name and I have a couple of lines, but like, it's tiny, it's so small, but it's just like, I'm going to sound like such a twat talking about myself as well like this, but, you know, like, it's very, they're very rare, and yeah. I think that that was definitely one of them where you're kind of like, oh, jeez, I need to, I need to sit down, because you just, you just don't envision it. You kind of just really, you really don't, and that's a special feeling, I guess, yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <coughs> right, we're going to spin. Yeah, go for it. Okay, here we go. Number 58. For fuck's sake, Tom. You're doing so bad. This is fixed. If you had a child, would you bring them up with religion? Yes and no. We were in the Methodist church for rehearsals yesterday. We were in the Methodist church for rehearsals. And you screamed so many profanities. (laughs) Just surprised I didn't burn. (laughs) Um, No, your man did throw holy water at me on the way in, though. Mm. But, um... I just thought he was shaking out an umbrella. No, what? <laughs> Shut up, Danielle. Answer the question. No, I don't think I would. No. I, I, well, no. See, that's difficult because it depends on the religion. The religion that I brought up in, which is the Catholic faith, I would not. Not even a hope. Um, <clears throat> Why? Just because, oh, for so many, many reasons. Mm. Um, I was, I suppose you're thrown into it and, you, and then you just accept these this set of of rules and values and you have to adhere to them and if if they get you at a young enough age you don't question it um and I didn't like that <coughs> excuse me but um and I remember like I was really 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 religious and and quite god-fearing when I was younger now I know it's nothing what I was brought up with was nothing compared to what my mom would have been brought up with or what my nana would have been brought up with so um I know that each each generation it becomes more um moral more liberal more whatever but um yeah, I was, and I'd pray every morning and pray every night. And if I missed a prayer, then I'd feel like a terrible person. And I remember going into confession and not being able to know, not knowing what all the bad things that I'd done were. So I used to have to make some up just so, just to, you know, or I, I, oh yeah, just mad, mad things, like brainwashed kind of into it. And then, you know, suffered quite a, a substantial tragedy when I was younger and very young. And I was kind of like, what, like, what did I what did I do to deserve that? I know that so many people have this. And I remember like being to God, being like asking God, not for much, like never for much. And that just never. And I was like, well, what the fuck this? And then you start to notice it. I remember, I never forget the day. I was like, ma'am, so if Jesus is white, I, can't, I was very young, like still in primary school. I was like, so if Jesus is white, but, uh, and then he's our God, but then Allah, I think it must have been, is, is, I can't remember what the word I use, but Muslim um, mm. from, but he's from the same place. They have different skin. How does that work? And my mom was just like, 
um, I don't quite know how to explain that. And I was like, yeah, but that makes no sense. And I was like, if there's all these gods, how can I all be in the sky? And when I go in planes, why can't I see angels? And started to question all these things. Mm. And then I think by the time I was in, yeah, secondary school, I was just like, nah, nah, fuck that. I also don't like the history of it and the history of religion. And I don't like that they have these lovely, lovely values like love your neighbor, don't steal, adultery is wrong, all these things, which I do believe in, absolutely. But yeah, so they've all these gorgeous morals that they perpetuate, but the way in which these morals are perpetuated and then um, enforced are are so um, aggressive. Mm. And the whole Catholic guilt thing is something that is so... Like, uh, you know, it's like so deep and deep, deeply um, created or perpetuated from within myself that I don't know if I'll ever be able to get rid of it. And I don't want my child to have that. But um, therefore, but like on the other turn, on the other side, I also think that religion is just another form of government, really. It's another way to control people. It's another way to segregate people, divide and conquer, all that kind of stuff. And I hate that. I really, really fucking hate that when they say that they're like, oh no, but it's all about loving your neighbour. No, it's not about that. Especially with the Catholic Church and the history of it and the indulgences and popes. I found popes really, really interesting. Mm. Popes are just like power hungry. The, all the best, the best popes, the most famous popes that we know got there through bribery and all this kind of stuff. It's just like being a king of another kingdom. It's just that the kingdom happens to be the world. Um, like the Crusades and all the way back and Catholicism just kind of like it's genocide a lot of it sometimes as well anyway sorry I'm kind of rabbiting on but yeah no I feel quite strongly that I hate religion <laughs> yeah but then on the other side there are those lovely moral values and I did grow up to have it definitely informed my moral compass um, when I was younger like not to steal and all these kind of things and I still did steal I was a bit of a klepto but mm. you know and I think that's important so in that way if I had a child I would like them to have those kind of moral moral ideas but I still think there's ways to do that without having all the God fear or the guilt or yeah. the oppression, to use a very strong word. What were the, it was really striking when you said, what were the little things that you used to ask for and you never got and you kind of, you were like, what's going on? Yeah, oh, not that I, like, um, yeah, I don't know, just little, <laughs> I suppose little stupid things, you know, when you're in, yeah. you're in school and you're like, oh, we're doing a raffle tomorrow, I want to win the raffle. <laughs> like, no. But um, I suppose I was, uh, I'm not from, like, my family is not linear. Uh, or sorry, my family fa- family's not nuclear. It's a linear family, and I was praying for that every day t- for that to be a nuclear thing. Not that I don't. It, it's not a. It wouldn't have been a good thing. I'm, I'm very happy with the way things turned out. I'm sorry, like, I don't actually know what that means. Nuclear family are basically like mom, dad, kids all together, happy out. Right. Whereas linear are kind of separated out. So like you'll have like. Uh, dad will be here and I'm here with mom and then brother over here and then dad has other wife over here so it's all a family but gotcha. they're just not in a nucleus essentially mm. um, it's just a fancy way of saying a broken home yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's too strong you just said you're fucked <laughs> yeah, but we're all fucked I know I'm no more special than anyone else <laughs> and even nuclear families sometimes are more fucked I believe it but um, so when I was younger that was because I think um, the media and everything you see on TV uh, while we're talking about media um, and how I suppose brainwashing that can be but um, there you go again Catholic Church they perpetuate a nuclear family like that's a thing that is right and good mm. and I didn't have that so it's kind of like it's not my fault God that I don't have that can I have that back can you give that back to me and then all this kind of stuff and then you know that thing about if you think a sin it counts as a sin oh I don't know yeah but um, yeah so little things like that and then you know, just painful little things that happen to you when you're younger and you're like, but God, why? I was really good this year. Mm. But then it turns into like a Santa mentality. 
I was also afraid of Santa. That no. was an irrational fear that I had. What were you afraid of? I was do? down, ter- terrified of this <laughs> man <laughs> who was watching me all year and then would sneak into my house <laughs> without me knowing. That's terrifying. I mean, you're correct. <laughs> like, I was so afraid. But I, I wasn't used to having men in the house, I guess. It just made my mom. So I was just like, ah. But you'd still, like, leave. And then I was afraid of, like, <laughs> I didn't want to make him angry. So you're leaving, like, a feast by the fireplace. Because a poor mom was like, Danny, he doesn't need this much food. Because she was like, I don't want to throw it out, but I'm going to have to eat it. Um, yeah, so yeah, I was really terrified of Santa, actually. I wanted all the presents. That's the thing. Most That's people, great. like I think, just ignore the fact that there's a weird man watching because they're like, yeah. yeah, weird man, presents, presents. Yeah, like, he, I know everyone has kind of said that he sees you when you're sleeping, like he knows when you're awake. That's terrifying. That's God. Yeah. That's like this omnipotent presence but does he know about your sleep paralysis <laughs> yeah but that's another thing he probably fucking does is there going ha ha <laughs> what about uh, you You were a bit of a klepto <laughs> yeah I was such a klepto oh it was awful when, um, when was the last time you took something Um. Uh, I have my klepto phase as well yeah no I know mine's like going a couple of years back yeah Um. it's such a weird thing it was, yeah it's such a weird thing it was just like I have to have that I kind of did it because it was more funny I used to do this really magnanimous thing where I'd go into the um, like the news agent and I'd take all the animal bars I could buy one thing but just take all the animal bars god I can't believe I said this is magnanimous it's not magnanimous at all now that I'm thinking about it um, and then I, I would <laughs> I was going to say I'd give them away um, to people I'd be like here do you want some chocolate I robbed all the chocolate chocolate for all haha <laughs> like loaves and the fishes <laughs> and then um, and then, but then I kind of was like oh this is deadly like these animal bars only costed like I don't know 10p or something at the time <laughs> that's how young I was but uh, and then I was like I could charge money for this I could make a profit on these animal bars that I'm stealing all the time so then it turned into that um, I used to rob a lot from Claire's mm. H&M Topshop uh, pennies was actually the hardest one to rob from would you would you believe really did you ever yeah, get caught never got caught never ever got caught wow stopped it yeah and then it was just like I was like but yeah it was funny like but then people started knowing that I was the one that would do that and they'd be like here grab me that would you and you'd be like yeah cool and then I was like I need to stop this I do remember I did a very funny thing when I was really young I know there was a pennies around the corner from my house and uh, I was going in with my mum we could do shopping at the weekend on Saturday and there was like you know like um, hair bands and they have like <laughs> I wish everyone could see my hand gestures right now but they like hair bands and they have like things coming out off them like little springy things are you talking about Pikachu no <laughs> I'm not but yeah I suppose in a way you know like people get like little hair bands and they have like Santa springs on them and yeah, yeah. hen knights go always get hair bands with like um, tinsel on them and stuff I was going to say willies but yeah 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 Willies, yay! <laughs> Let's talk about Willies, my favourite subject. But uh, And I stole, I didn't even steal the hairband. They had just two big glittery balls <laughs> <laughs> on the top. And I kind of like pinched them off and put them in my hoodie. Now I think I was only like five, I think, at this stage. And I brought them home and I was like, yeah, amazing. And then I was like, I just burst out crying. And I was like, oh my God, I'm a terrible person. And went and prayed and asked for forgiveness. And I was like, oh my God, I'm such a terrible person. And I kept asking my mom, can we go? Because I couldn't tell her. So I was too, too afraid. And then I was like, we need to go back. We need to go back to pennies. We need to go back to pennies. And she's like, no, I'm not bringing you to pennies. You're not buying anything. You're not getting anything. And I was like, no, I don't even want anything. I just want to look around. She was like, no. So then I had to wait the whole week until we went to do the house shop again on the Saturday. And I brought the two glittery balls with me and I just put them back in the shop. Oh, wow. <laughs> I just left them there. Oh, you're such a little sweetheart. <laughs> no, I'm a terrible, terrible well, human like that, scumbag cho- as well, that charged her friends for animal animal bars that she stole. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. Oh, you gave them back though. 
That's the balls, lovely. yeah. 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 Put the balls. Leave the balls where they're supposed to be. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, I there mean, we go. Like I mean what better time to spin the balls? I think so. Yay. <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Number thirteen. No. Okay, no worries. Number thirteen. The question is uh, what? Uh, tell us about a memorable character from your hometown. Where are you from, Rathfarnham? I'm from Rathfarnham. Is there anyone like oh, sticks out? God, yes, yeah, so many. Um, there's actually, and it's funny because I still see them, which is really freaky. But we used to hang around Rathfarnham Castle when I was younger. You're kids, you're kind of just hanging out on street corners, doing nothing, buying. We used to get like you know that like battered Mars bars and Freddo bars, and you'd ask for a fiver off your mom. And people be shifting in the bushes, all that kind of stuff. But mm. there was this one character, and her name I think was Lorenda, <laughs> and uh, she was oh god, love her. Like you know that I think about it, it was really horrible the crack that we'd have, not even with her, but just around her and at her. You know, you couldn't say with. Um, <clears throat> but she used to have you know the little pulley trolley things that uh, the older women have to put their shopping, and she wore a big trench coat, and um, she'd really tight set curls and uh, like a heavy woman, I suppose. And she, you'd be like Lorenda, Lorenda, she'd be like Lorenda. Sorry, she put me move away from the mic for that. But um, <laughs> yeah, terrible. And you'd be like, "What's what? It's what's it today, Lorenda?" And she'd just be like, "Checkmate, checkmate." And we'd just find this gas and just kind of follow her around. Um, I don't know, but I actually saw her. I was in Starbucks on um, Henry Street the other day, waiting for my mom to go see a show, and and Lorenda walked in the door, and I was like, "You are shitting me!" And you know, all of it just came back, and an impulse to go checkmate was really terrible. And then there was Tesco man. I still see him a lot, actually. He would just go from Tesco to Tesco with big Tesco shopping bags. I see him in town. It's weird, these people. You think Dublin's so big, but it's actually so small. Um, and then there was a great gal, Joanne, who, she was just great crack, like. Um, I can't remember what school she was in or anything, but we just drink cans of Dutch cold down in the trees. And then she got pregnant early, and then she'd have the baby. And like in the baby pram, she'd have like 40 pack of John Player Blue and two ke- kegs or two kegs, two, um, what are the six packs of Dutch Gold? And she'd like, she just never lost the crack. She was great. Um, well, you, did you start drinking early? Yeah, quite early. Turn away now, ma'am. Um, no, I think I had my first drink when I was like 12 or 13. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty early. It was like punching my friend Lydia's house though. And I stepped outside the, the air and I was like, oh, Jesus, oh, Jesus. But, um, yeah, I did love drinking, and I never forget. Like, I don't know. Did you, did you go to Wes, Tom? No. Ah, uh, yeah, I went. I went. You went. I went w- w- once or twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hate it. Really? I was so I was so fat and losery. Oh, I, stop. I, I know. I I found You're it. You're still fat and losery. I know, but I'm I I'm, I'm I've accepted it now. Yeah, and that's the important thing. It is, but like I found never changed. No, exactly. <laughs> I, I couldn't if I tried. Uh, I I felt like, but I found them so hard yeah, and I used to tough. and I used to have to lie to my friends that like I was ki- like because it was mad like you'd, you'd have your mind and they're like yeah I kissed like 17 girls yeah. and like I don't know whether I actually don't I must ask them like, I was like Lad, were you telling the truth because like I don't know mm. but like I literally like I, I don't think I'd ever kiss anyone and I used to find them so hard and it's you'd have tough. your friends coming up waving their fingers in your face like oh god smell my fingers Christ. Uh, well yeah no I knew they did that all that kind of good stuff and you're such a softie as well yeah you believe in romance and all I say yeah, that ruined it for you sometimes yeah <laughs> sometimes yeah yeah I, I yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've, I I think I've um, uh, not hardened up is definitely the wrong word but like um yeah, I think I've like I've balanced I've balanced out a little yeah. bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe like uh, the world has beaten me down. I think so. Yeah. Uh, no, but sorry, <laughs> sorry to interrupt you. No, you're grand. It's a Wes. chat. I'm talking way too much about myself. No, no. So, so Wes. <laughs> oh yeah, so Wes, and then I think I was one of the. I was not. I wasn't cool. Um, but um, I was not. I was 
pe- you know, people like people like me. It was kind of a big. It was Danny fucking G. Or Danny OB at that stage. Um, but uh, yeah, so I was one of the first people in my year to go to Wes, and I never forget that. Like the first Wes, that I didn't drink at that Wes, but I remember then when I started drinking. I think the first time I went, I had like me and my best friend Sinead Tierney, um, went and we had uh, like I think we had two cans of Bulmers and one bottle of Wicked or something between us. And I thought I was the fucking shit. And everyone I ran into, I was like, yeah, yeah, oh, do you guys, did you drink? Did you drink? Yeah, I drank. I'm actually a little bit drunk. Like, I wasn't at all. I thought I was. But then I learned. I learned in years later what actually drunk actually is. But uh, yeah, so all that. But um, yeah, it was kind of like, get the naggins in at 7 p.m. so that you're sober enough by 10 p.m. to get home to your mom and look like you weren't even drinking. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird, it's a weird thing. Like, and you kind of forget that that happens now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. just one of things so you don't really Absolutely. see it. Yeah. Like, I remember being in town on on junior cert results night one night, and like just like mm-hmm. I was like, oh fuck yeah, this still ha-. like these, the-. and like and like we were all that age, and like everyone did. Like I, I was funny. I didn't drink till I was eighteen. Really? And oh, for reli- fuck's sake! Religious oh my God. reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you of. took a pledge. I took did the you? Pledge and kept the pledge. See, I did the pledge, but I said I will not smoke, drink, or do drugs until I feel that I am ready. Oh. Or mature enough to handle the consequences, or something like that. So I totally just like. Did you like? No, did I just loophole the, the fuck out of it. Or you bastardized it yourself. Well, I totally bastardized it myself. But right. they say, like, they normally say, you normally say these are examples of pledges you can do. And I was like, oh yeah, very good. I think my friend Phoebe actually did the same thing. But uh, like, I remember going, well, well, I can't really pledge that. <laughs> No, not that I can't. I totally. Oh no, no, I couldn't have. I couldn't have. I just was like, no, that's not me, darling. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, very... so I just said like, I think I can't remember the exact words I used, but I basically just like loopholed the fuck out of it. Like, <laughs> or, are, are you, my way. like, do you? Are you? Because like most people take the pledge and like break it. Yeah. Are you, do you take that stuff seriously? Like, are you like a woman of your word or like that kind of thing? Um. Like more so than the average person. Like, is there a reason like you didn't just go yeah, along? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think there is always something like that. It's like if you know, you say you're going to do something, especially if you write it down. Um, yeah, I d- I would have a little bit of, I suppose, ethics is too strong a word to use, but yeah, I'd feel I'd feel bad or guilty. I guess that's that thing of like, oh no, I said I'd do that and I didn't do that. Do you have a lot of guilt? Yeah, I have so much guilt. Still. Yeah, 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 a lot of guilt. Well, well, about loads of things, but I think it's just a a way that my brain is wired now. And I know you can't blame everything for can't blame Catholicism for everything, but I do feel like that's where it all began. So, but even yeah, but I think there's guilt around loads of things. Guilt around drinking. Guilt around. Food, guilt around all the things that are good for you or that you enjoy. Yeah, you, know, you get guilty a bit. Yeah. But, um, what do you, like? Do you do like? Do you just accept that as a thing, or is it something that you actively like look at and like try to tackle, or is? It- uh, only recently, I've tried to be like, no, I shouldn't feel guilty about that. And it's more, it's more other people going, no, you shouldn't feel guilty about that. I'm like, oh no, but like I went out and I'm so hungover then, and I went to work and it was terrible. And they're like, yeah, I do that all the time. Don't be guilty for having a good time and blah, blah all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And especially, I remember one time I was a. Uh, when I was in school, uh, I had a, a lot of issues with eating. And again, I think based around the same thing. And I remember um, there was like this like tea morning or something. And I'd, it was for, what the fuck was that for? Me and a, a group of guys, we went to Kenya. And uh, then we were coming back and we were kind of having, sitting all together, having a little hash about it, um, talking about how, where we're going to go from here now and do PowerPoints and all that kind of shit. And um, <laughs> shit was very emphatic there, wasn't it? Um, and we had like loads of croissants and I was just looking at these croissants going, oh my God, amazing croissants. And I think I ate about five of them. And I came back into, um, I was into my English teacher, I think. 
and I was like oh sorry I'm late we had like the tea morning this is the end of class because I mm. walked rolled in late obviously and I was like sorry it's late we actually had the tea morning for the thing we're doing the thing we're making powerpoints and shit and um, she was like oh and how was it and I was like oh yeah you're like five cross I feel so guilty now and she's like what and I was like yeah she's like you feel guilty about eating food I was like yeah and she's like that's so negative you should never feel did you enjoy it I was like yeah she's like why would you feel guilty and I was like Oh my God, mind blown. Is this in front of the class? No, this is at the end of class. I okay. went up to apologize for being late at the start oh. of class, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and I was just like, oh my God, wow. Is that not a thing? Yeah. So I think of that, and I, but I think a lot of people still have that. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, food. <clears throat> Again, media does that to you as well, I think, a little bit. Yeah. Oh, like bodies are mad. Bodies are mad. Like, just like, uh, so, it, it like, it's so weird. Like, do, do you think it's got anything to do with, because... Uh, I, I have a lot of that stuff as well, mm-hmm. like, with, with, like, guilt and just... Yeah. Uh, but then, like, at the same time, like, then, like, the the binge purge yeah, thing, yeah, like, very, yeah, like, addictive, you know? Yeah. And, um... Wh- cycle. What do you think, like, what relationship does it have to your work in this industry? I mean, by oh that, I mean acting. Oh, my God, this industry has me head-fucked. Does it? Well, I was head-fucked at... <laughs> I'd fucked along before <laughs> I decided to be an actor. I'm um, probably the best I've ever been in terms of that. But um, but yeah, I think that uh, this industry doesn't help it because I think that it, you know I remember explaining to someone before who was doing science because I I think we did like a showing or something in college I can't remember and I was like really upset about how it went because I just wasn't happy with it and uh, I didn't get great marks which is a whole other thing. Um, and they were like ah but like it's grand. <clears throat> study better next time and you know you do better and I was like no like it's not really the same thing because if you do an exam and you fail then it's like okay you either didn't understand the concept or you need to study more you just didn't study enough or you got like you wrote the wrong answer or something you know it's kind of it's more mental and about what like your preparation for what you did and then but then like if you're an actor and you do a thing yes there's all of that you need to study you need to do your research you need to understand the concept you need to do all of that but then also it's about like you as a person it's your body is your instrument and that's you and everything that you've lived is in this body not to get too fucking theater wanky about it but like everything that you've lived a lot of the time you'll put into like one performance whether it's consciously or subconsciously you're drawing on things that you have you're you're drawing on your own talents and your own best and you are it's you you're playing someone else but it's it's your body like and for someone to tell you that that's not enough it's a lot worse than being like if you got an F on that performance, it's a lot worse, I, th- I think, than getting an F on a paper that you didn't study enough for, you know? So I think that that is a thing. And then there's all casting and and where you fit in casting. And I remember that the TV series that I did that I was not allowed to say the name of yet. Um, <laughs> there was a lovely girl from London who I was talking to and she was just this most beautiful, like, and I mean the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life like I was just lo- I just couldn't listen to anything she was saying because she was just so stunning mm. <laughs> like, and um, she was saying that yeah yeah London's pretty tough like I get um, I get um, casting and they tell me that I'm too like fat for the role and I was just like oh my god this girl is 18 or 19 and she what like she's the most beautiful tiny little like so petite you break her and I was like I can't believe that they're telling you that and that even and she's like ah sure whatever like I'm used to it and I'm like even I know that's a, you know that's a good attitude that she's not like letting her get her down but I'm sure behind closed doors it does and even the sentence Asher I'm used to it why should we be used to that being a thing mm. do you know I know that even in college there was one of the I've heard or like I definitely heard about a college tutor you know going around giving everyone their casting and she kind of paused over one of, one of someone I know and she was like stacked it's like what does that even mean that's that's not a casting that's a body type mm. So, yeah, and I know that sometimes you get 
the breakdown for sorry oh god I'm kind of I end up bitching about this now like I know I don't mean to be so negative no, like, no, there's no. loads of great things as well but I know that you get like castings in and it's like they describe like one of my friends got a casting in before for a girl and it was um, a receptionist red hair nice build shirt is a bit too tight <laughs> What the fuck is that? That's like, is that a type of person? Yeah, 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 is that, yeah. Like, I just don't know. I don't know. But like, and not everyone, not everyone is like that. Not every casting director is like that. Not every everything is like that. But it just seems that there is a lot of that. Um. So yeah, and I think that there's um. Then you know when you're doing things and and you 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 don't get it and you're told it's because you don't look right. It's like it's not that you don't look wrong, but when someone says yeah you just didn't look right for the role automatically your brain goes well the opposite of right is wrong so therefore I look wrong and it's not just for that role it becomes for in general mm -hmm. and then I think that's it's quite it can be very damaging mm. I do think so yeah yeah. for yeah. everyone boys and girls do you know that kind mm -hmm. of way but yeah yeah it's very interesting it's it very is interesting. interesting right look let's give it a spin yeah sorry yeah no 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 you don't, it, it, this is great uh, <laughs> number 20 do you have it N no <laughs> oh no I'm so sorry uh, what are your memories of 9-11 Oh my God, 9-11. I was in my friend Jenny's house when it happened. I was coming home from school. Mom worked a lot, so I stayed up friends a lot of the time after school. And I was just there and kind of, yeah, it was um, surreal. I don't think I really understood it as a, as an event or as a, <laughs> as a concept that's not the right word but mm. I don't know but um, yeah I didn't understand terrorism as a as a thing wasn't really a thing for, for me so I was kind of like just this is awful and this is terrible and looking at it as a tragedy and yeah and I think when it happened I was just kind of like oh that's happening and then it's only all the things after that you're kind of like wow the impact I think it's not the the news footage that kind of hits you it's the the uh, pedestrian videos or whatever yeah Do you know like the people on the people on the streets um, it's their videos that you really go wow I remember watching all the conspiracy videos I loved all of those the mm. loose change where it was all planned by the government and all this kind of stuff and the way that the second terror went down didn't go down like a normal terror went down like a demolition yeah so like oh my god so all of that I really buy into I love all of that mm -hmm. but um but now, yeah, thinking back to it and thinking how many years ago it was and thinking about how far how far we come but not like I don't mean in terms of the war against terrorism I mean how how much bloodshed and how how prevalent it is now and how we're all so afraid of it I remember talking to someone who lived in London and I think it was after the mm, I can't even remember which attack it was after but they said that they put up these like bollards on the on London Bridge yeah. and there's just these big massive bollards just so you know they, I know I remember reading about Jihad and they were saying that um uh, you know, you don't have to bomb everywhere. You don't have to. You don't have to rob a plane and drive it into a tower. You don't have to buy a load of AK forty sevens. All you have to do, like, even if you want to help the cause, even in a little way, all you need to do is get a big truck and drive into people. Now, I'm ver using very crude English. Of course, it was worded um, differently than that, but that was basically the message they were saying. Mm. It's like you don't have to do big grand gestures to help the cause. You can do little. You can just rob a truck and just drive over some people, and that's exactly what happened in France. So then, I think it was must have been after the that France. Um, in France on the beach and these big bollards went on London Bridge oh I think maybe take all of this uh, take all locations and times with a pinch of salt but mm. basically moral of the story is all these big bollards went in to rep uh, to prevent like big trucks like that like driving over the bridges and la 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 and my friend said like yeah it was it was a lovely moment because it was like look at all of us rallying around and we're going to be okay and we're putting things in place for protection 
But then it was also these bollards now a constant reminder of the threat that we feel mm-hmm. constantly. And I was just like, God, yeah. And that is a, a thing. And then there's, you know, things coming out about a Dundrum shopping centre, I think, is the most likely if they were going to, if there was to be a terrorist attack here in Dublin. Um, and I remember actually at the time of 9-11, speaking of, you know, that we re- let Americans refuel their planes at Shannon. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God, we're all dead. Yeah, yeah. Come for us. We're all dead. Oh, mm. my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. And it's and that another thing, that sentence I used is that they're going to come for us and that horrible, horrible mentality of the us and them mentality when it's like um you know you such like really good good i know T- tommy tiernan i don't know uh i've only recently discovered tommy tiernan as a as a guy yeah uh, not like i always knew he's a stand-up but like that he has more to him like his talk shows and everything um a friend has turned me on to him recently because they're obsessed with him mm. um but you know like he had this great conversation with a, a muslim leader he was a doctor and he was a feminist and he's all these things and you have this poor man and it happens so, across like on so many news channels happened everywhere these muslim leaders um coming out and defending their faith and it's just oh i'm gonna make a big statement here and i actually don't have any real knowledge to back it up but I'm going to say it anyway yeah. um, like you've all these Muslim leaders coming out and they're defending their faith saying these are our values this is what Allah teaches We Muslim and Jihad they two don't go together they're not one and the same and then but when the attack happened in Norway the Christian terrorist where were all the Christian leaders defending their faith then? Because we know that we're like oh that's just one crazy guy that's not you know that's not the religion's fault whereas all of a sudden you have a couple of crazy, crazy guys like Jihad or Al-Qaeda and all of a sudden it's all of them. Yeah. And I think that's, hmm, it's so, it's just so easy. It's so easy. There's something it's very so easy. comforting about it. And yeah. I mean, with everything, with like any difference, like skin colour, yeah. gender, absolutely, sexuality, like it's very comfortable. Yeah. Because it's so obvious. Mm-hmm. Like there's no nuance to yeah. that. It's like, oh, different colour, danger. Like it's, it's 100%. Like, or, you know, different gender, not yeah. me, fuck off. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. fucking easy. Like it's it, really easy. It's so easy. And on some level, like, like, like we probably, we all have it. Like, yeah. and actually, and it's just like, oh yeah, you, oh, got, you gotta be better absolutely. than that though. I know. And that's an annoying thing is that I definitely have it. And mm. I'm, a, I'm like this, it's like systemic, but it's also ingrained in me from a young age. It's like, it's all my, my all my eternal misogyny and my eternal sexism that I fight every fucking day. Um, but it's, it's so, it's in me. And I, I put my hands up and say I make racist jokes but for some reason like I'm not a racist so I I think that but I think that that was like the Tommy Tiernan thing is like that man was like willing to laugh about you know they were having a laugh about um, you know racism and, and, and anti-semitism and all that kind of stuff that was and, and terrorism mm. and I was like that's a thing that's a, like opening up a dialogue doesn't mean having you know a serious discourse about things all the time sometimes it means being able to laugh about it and I know you shouldn't oh god I don't want I don't mean to say that I'm, I'm laughing at 9-11 I'm not but I do think that you have to have an element of being wi- willing to have a sense of humour with the other side about everything. Because I think that, yeah, otherwise, what fucking hope have we? Yeah. And it's everywhere. It's so, it, it is. I don't want to go on about it too much, but like it is. It's really, it's really everywhere. And, and then it's that thing of like, even now, I was like, oh, I'll think of a, I'll think of a recent uh, example. And I can't really, because I think that we become so saturated. And I'll put my hands up and say this all the time. Like when it's, it's, it's so prevalent you kind of go, ah, uh, grand, you know, oh, there was a fire in Russia there and uh, then there was a genocide in uh, Ghana and then, uh, do you know, and it's just, it just becomes news titles. It just becomes like sound bites and, and snapshots. Oh, I just hit the mic. Um, 
And I think that's terrible as well. I don't know what the solution is or anything. Mm. I'm not going to do anything. Um, I'm just an actor. <laughs> no, that's a lie. Um, I'm an avatar. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a full circle one right <laughs> That's there. That's a real full circle. That's excellent. <laughs> well done. Yeah, thank you. Well done. <laughs> Thanks. I mean, if if you if we, I feel like we should just like blah blah blah. Right. I wasn't even seen for the fucking role, which is really annoying. Oh man. Yeah, Chris Nolan, he wouldn't even see me for the role. I was like, dude, I am an avatar. This is me. This is real. This yeah. is me. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's it, it, it's us I can't even them. remember the girl they cast anyway, but she was whatever, <laughs> skinnier probably. Look, don't get blue about it. <laughs> Sorry, that's fucking Fuck terrible. Sake. We will edit that one out. Yeah, we'll edit that one. <laughs> Jesus um, when was the last time you wrote a letter? Um, oh, it's number 52, by the way. Do you have it? Oh, my God. No. Nah, I didn't. <laughs> uh, yeah, when? Fuck you. The last time I wrote a letter. Um, the last time I wrote a letter. Like, and actually sent it, or just a letter? Ooh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, well... Mm, the last time I wrote a letter and actually sent it was uh, to Pen Pals in... I went to Kenya for, and did an exchange and then kind of stayed, we kind of stayed in touch and that was the last time I wrote a letter was those pen pals, I think. Um, but then also, mom has always done this. God, I'm talking about my mom loads. She's mm. a very important person in my life, evidently. Yeah. I know, I knew that, evidently. Um, but uh, yeah, she's always said like, you know, when you're feeling, you're feeling down, you're feeling angry, feeling sad. It's like, you need to, you need to put everything somewhere and writing letters, I think, to the, to the person that you're mad at, even if it's the person who, you know, <laughs> walked across the road in front of your car and you nearly killed them kind of thing and you're mad at them for that. Um, yeah. Or the person who cut you in the line in the bank. Mm. If you're angry about it, put it in a letter and just put it somewhere. Um also, yeah, so I think that, so I do, I do a little bit of that where you just like write furious letters to the people that you're annoying or whatever. And then you just kind of like throw them away or burn them or whatever. But it's just, it's that cathartic thing of like having the fight that you need to have, but you don't want to have because on some level, you know, you shouldn't be having it or you don't need to have it or you can't have it. And that's mm -hmm. fine. Um, With the Kenyan pen pals, do you, when was the last time, like, do you, is this an ongoing thing? Um, Yeah, then what happened was we kind of got off the letters and now we're just on Facebook together. So mm. there's one girl, Nancy Kamau, who I was, she only messaged me the other day and she was like, hey, and I was like, oh my God, hey. But, um. And what, like, what's Nancy's life like? Uh, Nancy's studying to be a nurse. Wow. Um, so yeah. Like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm very ignorant. Well, like what, to, like, what degree of poverty does, like, Nancy live in? Um, Nancy wouldn't be too bad, um. Like she would, it would be tough and she'd struggle, but she's not living in a slum or anything. She's living in a house. But uh, that was one thing that I, I discovered over there was the, the cultural clash, but also the the class clash. I think that is an accurate term for it, but mm. I don't run now really. But um, like I never forget, like going to, you'd be driving down the road in these mad things called matatus. And uh, they're just like these mad, like there's no traffic lights or road rules over there at all. <laughs> But um, and on one side is this five star hotel and then across the road are the slums. And I was just like, wait, what? That was just really baffling. And mm. then they have like schools modeled on Hogwarts. And then but also living beside a Maasai tribe. So just that was just like mental. So, yeah, and I think that's an, so that was another thing, just the division of wealth. But how, you know, sometimes you out of sight, out of mind thing. And I think we're great at that. 
about in, in Ireland another big sweeping statement that I don't really have much research to back up but you know putting people in little places and going you live there and that's where you are and we'll put you all there together and now you that's your thing and we can go over here and, and live over here and do our thing out here in the suburbs or sometimes the opposite um but it, but it was just it was just none of that it was just like across the road from each other and it was just really, really baffling. And then, you know, you kind of, because I know I went over certainly with a certain idea of what Africa was <laughs> as, a, as a continent. Mm. Um, but then as well as like what, what, a, what a school would look like in Kenya or what a, a hospital would look like in Kenya. But like, it's not that. <laughs> it's yeah. not that. Um, Nairobi is, is like, it's a really great and vibrant city now. There is horrible, horrific conditions for, for so many people. But it, I know it's all relative, um, but there's horrible, horrific conditions for so many people here. And it's the exact same. And the third world and the first world for me, all of a sudden, didn't become so different. And it was just, wow. And we weren't going over there. Like, I know there's the Nile Mellon Trust and they're great and they build all the houses and there's the trochras and all that kind of stuff. And you give all the money and the money goes places and you don't know where it goes, but you just trust that it goes places. But for us, it was so different. It was just about education. And it was about, like you know sitting in a class mind-blowing for me sitting in a classroom with other people in uniforms I was like what Kenyans don't have uniforms you're mad do you know but yeah of course they fucking do Danielle um you sheltered little <laughs> close mind little poor little Dubliner um and they just you know and that was really eye-opening and we liked the same things and we all had Facebook and they loved Westlife I thought they'd love you too but they loved Westlife Westlife they fucking loved Westlife really it's like wow and then you know and lovely lovely like things in common and and but then also you have this thing where you go into school and you sit in class and they like they were learning like the same year as me. They were, they were like, and oh, Danielle, you can help. We're this is English class. And I was like, oh, grand, cool. Finally, something I can do, like, you know, uh, something I can do. And then they were talking about like clauses and subclauses. And I was like, I can't help you, lads. I have no idea what that is. And they're like, what do you mean? That's your language. And I was like, yeah, I don't know what a clause is. I know it's Santa Claus. I'm afraid of him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so all of that was real mind, mind, mind opening or blowing or whatever yeah um but then yeah you have the thing where you're driving into the school and because of the political situation is so um f- fragile that the school is guarded and it's across it's near one of the embassies the school is guarded by um armed soldiers mm. and i was just like what is the story there and they're like oh yeah well because the the government here are so corrupt and there's so much fighting and we're we're in quite a dangerous situ- uh, place that we could get targeted so we just need that like i was in an elephant sanctuary which had the same thing and I was just like, wow. And then they, them as well, they were so um, knowledgeable about their the politics behind everything and, and the wars and la la la. And I was kind of going, I don't even know what Fine Gael means really or mm. what, who's, fin- you know? Mm. I think, uh, I don't even remember who the Taoiseach was at the time, but you know, it was uh, Brian Cowan, I think it was. And I just knew him as Fishy Lips. <laughs> and that was it. And that's all I knew, Do you know? So that was kind of, I was like all these <laughs> girls, these young women being like really, you know, and that was new to me as well. And. And then also you think of AIDS and HIV as this, you know, we understand it as, as the, the horrific disease that it is, but like there's no understanding of where it comes from or how it, well, for me anyway at the time, um, where it comes from, how, how, it, how you get it, how contagious it is. It was just this, you know, the, uh, I know the States had the, some people call it a genocide, mm-hmm. um, but uh, that was all the kind of understanding that I had about it. And then I remember sitting in a class and I was sitting beside this girl for a couple of days and then she was out one day and I was like oh where's Margaret gone and they were like oh she's she had to go to the, she's feeling a bit sick she has she has HIV and I was like what like, I've been sitting beside this girl for the past three and what and they're like yeah 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 
there's there's a good few people in the school and I was like oh my god and then you know you kind of know and then it was like education on that as well about how it's passing body fluids and how you can get it from you can get it from the doctor you know that kind of way if you're just not careful enough and it's not just about like sex and it's not about you know so it's kind of like wow that was interesting Mm. and then also um another girl in this in the class and she just left one day and this is when I they I was in I was 15 and uh I was like oh where's so-and-so and she was like they were like oh she's gone she's married what yeah she had to get married what do you mean she had to get married I was like oh her parents didn't want her in school they wanted her to get married so there's just that massive culture clash of all these girls who are you know fighting fighting for politics and, and loving Westlife and then other people that are still getting married off at, at 15 yeah so that was mad but yeah I think it was just the it was just important, I think, to learn that the two worlds, you know, it's a very easy to do an us and them thing, but we're not, we're not different. We yeah. still talk to them all the time. 100%. Yeah. What about like when, when like, uh, like marriage and stuff like that? Do you? Me? Yeah. As in, do I want it? Yeah. Um, I think I did for a long time. And I always say that I don't. And I still do believe that. But I think somewhere deep down inside me, I'm kind of like, I know I would like to get married, but I don't know if that's just the you know being influenced from a young age and being taught that marriage mm. is a thing to do so I don't know how much of that is really grounded and everything do I want to have a big party and wear a gorgeous dress absolutely yeah <laughs> but that's the only reason that's the only real reason I see but that's kind of like a, it. a really legitimate reason because like as humans I think we just seem to veer towards ceremony mm. you know? oh we do and that's, absolutely that's all that is yeah well, I recently I w- had a funeral and I was kind of going you know you're looking around and I was like god the funeral and the ceremony and the preparation that goes into it and it's kind of like god it's awful but also you need it you need something to kind of when you have someone die, you need to have something to do and something to plan to distract you away from all of this. And we do. We so totally go. We go to ceremony. We go to ritual. We're all creatures of habit. Mm-hmm. All that kind of stuff. Yeah. Definitely. But um, marriage as a as an institution, no, I don't believe in it because uh, I don't think it has a place. Really. Well, no, of course it has its place. Don't get me wrong. It's lovely to find someone that you can commit to or feel that you can and want to commit to for the rest of your life. And mm-hmm. I think it's a really beautiful thing. I don't think that it lasts. I don't think it's a real thing. I'm a fucking cynic. Um... But I think that I just don't think that marriage is is really uh, I suppose, like when you look back to what it did when it was how do they inseminated? That's <laughs> not the right word. Yeah, at when all. it cool semen, yay! Um, but uh, where you know if you look back through the years, marriage was definitely uh, had its use. Mm. It was there to secure heirs, so it was about survival. It was about um, um, it was all like financial. It was kind of like, you need to marry into this family. This is for money. I'm going to give you the money for this. And then we all have the money together. And now they're heirs. Then we're going to survive. And that's all great. And our families are like, you know, it's about, you know, family trees and and, and that. And then it was also about, um, yeah, so it was about money. Basically, it was about status. Mm. I think it was about like class. It was about like separating the classes and keeping everyone in a certain box and keeping them in a place. I don't think it was about this, but the what it did to women <laughs> is just... Oh, I don't know. Uh, I think it was about control. Um, and then, but now we look at it now. Oh yeah, it was about security then as well. But now we look at it now and it's kind of, yes, it, we want someone that we can be proud to, you know, we it, it is about survival. It's about re, uh, re- reproducing. But we can also do that now without getting married. Yeah. Whereas before you weren't allowed to reproduce unless you were married. So yeah. marriage was for that, for survival. But we can kind of survive now without marriage. But when you say it reproduce. doesn't last, like what... Yeah. But, but I think that like you like, now lo- we aren't like all loads these of things. marriages do loads of marriages do absolutely yeah yeah hundred percent loads don't though <laughs> loads don't probably yeah. it's probably fifty fifty isn't it yeah I don't actually know the statist- statistics me neither 
But um, and now I feel like today there's all this pressure to find someone who will make you financially secure, find someone who will you know give you a house and keep you safe, find someone that you can reproduce with and be happy to, find a family that is a good family to marry into. But you also have to find like your intellectual equal, your soulmate, the person you're sexually attracted to for the rest of your life, your love, mm-hmm. la la la, you know all that. And I think there's too much pressure around it. So you, are you that. saying that like it's unrealistic to find one person who can fulfill multiple, multiple, multiple needs? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, to me. yeah I think yeah. so. But I do think that the marriages that do last are my favorite. It's my favorite thing in the world because I think that you know there's this thing of you growing. Uh, you grow as you grow as a person. Like even the person I was yesterday is a different person to the person I am today because of one thing that happened and then might have changed something else. Do you know, not literally, but just mm. figuratively. But um, and then it's lovely when you see those like marriages that do last and you can see that you know the per- people they met when they were say twenty or whatever and the person they are when they're fifty. They're two wildly different people. And what's gorgeous about that is that you have these two people that grew and turned into different people and grew at the same time together. And they've grown to, and I think love transforms. That's why I think when I say love is finite, I think that a certain type, like, you know, sexual love is finite. And then you have a friendship love, that's finite. And then you have familial love, that's finite. All of it's finite, but it doesn't mean that one thing can't lead to the next. Mm. So like, you know, you start off and you have that kind of like, you know, that exciting kind of tingly um, butterflies in your stomach love. And then you, but you have like the infatuation love I think that's a form of love as well so I think that that's lovely when you see the people that do last they've learned to love the person but they've also learned to love many people because I think you change so much but it's learning to love people in different ways I know I'm using learning which is probably not a great way of describing it but I think you do have to learn yeah. sometimes definitely and do you and think, I think that's beautiful it is. I just don't think that a lot of people I think that marriage right now is is something different. It's something not so beautiful sometimes. Absolutely. Do you yeah. think your to what degree do you think your views are shaped by coming from like a linear family as opposed to a nucleus family yeah. and that kind of thing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I put my hands up and say that. Yes, I do think that. Um, <laughs> I remember, uh, like, I do think that that definitely influenced it. I use my new words, by the way. Well, well done. Yes, I, sorry, I wanted to, I wanted to point that out. Look at this, good crack and educational. Woo. Um, <laughs> Do that noise again. Woo. Wow, God, look at this now. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so polite. So polite. Um, that was a little excerpt there from lyrics. From lyrics. Very subtle. Uh, we just slipped it in. Just sli- oh, we love slipping we it love in. We love slipping it love in. Love this like you wouldn't even notice a Tom a lot of the time. God bless him. But he tries. He does. Um, <laughs> he overcompensates with podcasts and plays. <laughs> Anyone with a big penis doesn't put out as much content as me. It's really true. It's really true. <laughs> it's not. No, it's not. Just too it's distracted. not true. It's not true. If I had a big, I'd just be too distracted if I had a big, massive one every day. Yeah. I do always say if I had one for a day, I think I'd just helicopter around the gaff. Really? Yeah, maybe hit people's faces with it because I think it'd be gas. <laughs> you don't have a lot of faith. Like that's, that's particularly big. Huh? That's particularly big. Oh, hit yeah, people's but it would faces. be me. Mine, mine would be massive. Like you're talking like three foot. <laughs> I mean... When there's a will, there's a way. I think you're confusing this with a trunk, Daniel. Oh, shit. Uh, every time. Every time. <laughs> it's explained so much. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what were you saying? Oh, yeah, I do think my upbringing and everything did definitely influence my views on marriage. But also, um, not coming from a linear family did. Um, um, not in a negative way though like I think that there's another there's nuclear families within my family who I'm very close to and they're way more dysfunctional than me and my mom and Mm. their family dinners and everything is fucking hard like the way they tear each other apart and everything it's really terrible so I kind of look at that going god yeah but I don't want that I'm happy with my, my linear 
me and and me and the mom. So I'm kind of looking at that. So that's the two when even when marriage does last into old age, it doesn't work. It's just two people that are, you know, they, they're together and they feel that they have to be together now because there's kids involved and that they're not doing it for each other anymore. They're doing it for the kids or they're doing it because divorce isn't allowed. Or, well, it is allowed now, but it wasn't. Um, but there's still that mentality of like divorce being a failure almost. Mm-hmm. And I think that's terrible because then you feel trapped by this institution. Mm. And I think that, yeah, so I just don't know for me if it's a way I want to go, really. Yeah, yeah. But I am saying that and there's always, I always say that. And then there's always a little bit of me that goes, I oh, you'd kind of love someone to really be in love with you though. Yeah. And want to do that. But yeah, so yeah, I don't know. I don't know is the answer. It's y- not anytime y- soon anyway. You'd be very scary to like ask to marry you. <laughs> like you would, because you just, you'd never fucking know. <laughs> You could do anything. <laughs> you you could fucking. My drunk. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. Fuck off. <laughs> You'd literally get a dick in the face. <laughs> like, we've been together for seven years. I never even knew you See, had that. This is marriage, yeah, full of surprises. <laughs> well, I mean. But I mean, if we're going to last a lifetime, I'm going to have to keep something to myself, or well, else you'll get true. bored very quickly. That's very true. <laughs> right, let's give it one more spin. Okay. A final spin. Okay, here we go. Number two. Do you have it? No. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, this is kind of an interesting one. Do you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? Ah, uh, yeah. I've d- I've always wondered about this myself because there's times when I am, um, you know, the day you have the days where you're like, hey, you, let's take on the world. I'm gas. I'm gas crack. La, 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 la. And then you have the other days where you're just kind of like, I can't even think about how to order a coffee, let alone have a conversation with someone. Yeah. Um, so I remember doing like tests, you know, we love testing ourselves on the internet and diagnosing ourselves yes. and all that. Find it, tell me what's wrong with me. <laughs> um, so yeah, but I remember doing like a couple of tests and it always comes out that I'm like 51% extrovert and then like 49% introvert. That adds to 100, right? Yes. It does, like fuck. Um, yeah, so I think that that's an interesting kind of concept. It's a nightmare because you're kind of always it's always like a battle then mm. do you know that kind of way but I think everyone has their everyone has their days do you feel extroverted some days y- yeah, yeah but it, it's day to day oh yeah it's day to day sometimes like hour to hour yeah, do yeah, you know yeah, that kind yeah, of way yeah. there'll be something or something that you'll kind of flip a switch and you're just like oh god and then sometimes it's hard because you, you feel you aren't you have an introvert day or whatever I'm not a, it sounds like I'm very self aware of this no actually I'm quite self aware of this but you'll have an introvert day but you can your extrovert is kind of going no like let me out <laughs> or something like that and I think that uh, but it's situations as well it's totally yeah. situational like, like here fe- with you I'm kind of like this is grand this is me and Tom if I actually think about it being a thing where there's a, a bigger group of people that makes me go oh fuck yeah. Um, and then but I think like you know after shows I'm sure you feel the same thing mm. you know some people are very good at the coming out after a show and talking to everyone about it and I remember talking to a friend when we were at the gate and I was like, oh, opening, I hate opening, I hate opening, I hate opening a show. And he was like, yeah, me too. And I was like, yeah, we just stand in the corner with pints of Guinness. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, grand. And that's literally what we did. And that's terrible because, you know, there isn't, I think in this career, there's always an element of being seen and being in the room and networking and la la la. But we're just crippled by anxiety. Like, it's just real hard. (laughs) I find that too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So many people do. And I think that's so good being able to go, I have crippling anxiety. And then someone across the table from you going, yeah, me too. And you're, oh, oh, really? Oh, that's nice. Because I don't think, I think it's one thing in Ireland, we're not really great at the whole mental health thing. I think we're getting better, but I still think that, like, I'll never forget one of the slogans for (laughs) mental health. It was like an ad, I think. And then it's just like, mental health. Look after yourself. Look after your mental health. Thanks. Okay. Obviously, I try to do that. Anyway, what do you, what? And I just, yeah, I don't know. 
But I think that it's it's I, like I always say that to people like it's not something I'll open with, but I'll always be quite open with um, like mental health and mental issues and stuff because people always go like, oh, it's an illness. Mm. mental illness and I'm like yeah it is an illness but like I had an illness last week I had a cold I got over it yeah like we can get better yeah. I'm fully able to talk about my cold but I'm not able to talk about my depression why why because the more I talk about it then the more someone else will talk about it and the more the other person will talk about it and all of a sudden we're having a conversation now and I've learned something from you that I might try for myself mm-hmm. do you know yeah yeah it's very funny like I, I remember when this podcast started and uh so funny like these are just questions like i came up with all these questions right they're just kind of yeah. things generally i'm kind of interested yeah. in and um a couple of people came up to me and they're like oh my god i love your mental health podcast and like at first <laughs> I, I got i, I and i my go my first reaction yeah. was like offense i was like what like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, obviously didn't, I was like oh that's so funny that you think it's a mental health podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was like oh no no people just like talking is good for you yep. so people see that absolutely it's really interesting yeah do you know what i mean like because i i would never call this mental health but then again no, i wouldn't me neither. but then like you know talking is really fucking good yeah. like they say that like the bet did like the best way to like reset your I, I like i think i can't remember what it was exactly i don't know whether it was your anxiety or whatever was going on was like a really like wholesome 20 minute conversation mm-hmm. like yeah, is really so the true. only way i thought they were going to say like you know it's a walk or or meditation or yoga but like no like it's a 20 no. minute like real wholesome conversation yeah, it is it's a we have an expression in my family where we say you know oh yeah oh how was your night oh yeah did you not feel a shift in the earth or a shift in the oh god now i've forgotten the fucking expression but it's like there's a shift in the universe now when you woke up this morning wasn't there and it means that you've had like a good chat about something mm. and you do wake up and you feel like there's a shift and things are better mm. or things are worse maybe because you've realized something but like we have that in my family and mm. I do agree that you know talking about it is sometimes the worst and the best thing to do because if you don't talk about it then it's not really real but then when you do talk about it it becomes real and that's really tough sometimes but then also you can move past it and it's just it's so good to like sometimes I feel like my head is a prison and I'm just like oh my god and I think that you always have it's really special when you find that one person who can kind of calm it or not to get too metaphorical, but like, you know, you open the door to the prison or give you a little light or, do you know, that kind of way. And you, I think that is, there's always the some, I do have someone that I can always talk to. Um, and I think that's really, really important and really special. And, you know, for those people who feel so alone that they don't have anyone, like you really do. There's yeah. always someone. Mm. And I think that's why, because there's such stigma around it and people are so afraid to talk, it just it feeds the disease or disease it's really strong words but whatever um mm. like it does it feeds it and then it feeds off itself and it feeds off like you know it's that divide and conquer isolate the people and they won't get better kind of thing and even like this like i remember putting up a status a while ago i think it was it was world mental health day and i wrote a little thing and i was like look you know there's a hand outstretched and when you f- look for the hand you'll find that that hand is is feeling the same way as you or something like that is better written than that but um and then I I did and I got a message from someone that I hadn't talked to in fucking years and they were just like I'm low I'm alone I don't know what to do I'm like grand let's have a chat do you know that kind of way I'm not saying that I'm from fucking mental health saint I'm mm, not at no, all you're just an avatar <laughs> I'm just an avatar <laughs> who can't get cast <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh but yeah and I do and I'm so I'm just like let's ha- like open the conversation but I think it's the same thing happening right now, like the abortion campaign, you know, like mm. opening that conversation is just so it's educational, but it's also holistic and cathartic and not to get too naive about it. I know it's how it's hard and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, am I an introvert or an extrovert? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just an avatar. Daniel Gallagher. <laughs> Danny fucking great. G. <laughs> Danny fucking G, checking out. Like I'm sloganing myself. Yeah. Like I can't catchphrase myself. That's I not mean, cool. Look, it's on record now. I know. <laughs> 
Um, thank you so much for doing it. Thank uh, you so is much. there any, so we're obviously doing lyrics together? Yes, we, we are. We went to the whole like I, I don't like to fucking shoehorn it in when people come in for other shows, so I'm not yeah. gonna do it for mine. But uh, went to the whole thing without talking about it. I know. That's well, so we funny. did do a little bit of so polite. Yeah, and like you, you you really do like you. I don't know. Maybe it's because you're playing the character, but sometimes you're saying stuff. I was like, yeah, you basically say that in the play. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think no matter what character you're playing, it massively influences your day-to-day speech. Yeah. People are like, oh, like method acting. I'm like, no, not really. It just happens. Yeah. But like, I, my accent changes depending on who I'm around. You know, the kind of way I'm a very um, impressionable kind of person. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. with this, we're going to come out on Sunday. So we'll have already done... Oh my God. Two shows. Holy fuck me, Jesus. Um. So I guess we open on the 30th yes. of March at Theatre Upstairs, 7 o'clock shows. And, uh, Great people. Yeah, it's all going good. It's all going good. And we run until the 14th. 14th. Uh, lyrics. Is there any other stuff you want to plug or any social media? Or do you do that thing? Feel free to say fuck off. What? Do you want to plug any like plug Twitter or Instagram? Some people like to do that. Really? Yeah, you can no. just tell them to come see lyrics oh if you want. Oh my God. No, just like come see lyrics. If you see me somewhere, buy me a pint um, or a coffee. Um, if you see... No, I'm gonna say something. No, I can't say that. Say that. <laughs> no, please. No. It was about me. No, it wasn't oh, about no. anyone. It was just like um, I don't know. It was gonna be like, no, I don't know even <laughs> what I was gonna say. Shut up. No. <laughs> this podcast really has creaked to a halt. <laughs> just gotten tongue tied now. Um, I suppose if you see Ashing Amara on the street, give her a smack in the arse from me. Oh, that's very good. Let's end with a nice tone of sexual harassment. Hey, what better way to well, do hey, it? Well, hey, look, I'm just surprised I didn't talk about dicks more, to be honest. I mean, would you like to? Uh, willy, willy, dick, dick. Willy, willy, willy. Willy, willy, penis. That's probably enough. Covered? Schlong. <laughs> Danielle <laughs> Gallagher. thank you for playing personality <laughs> bingo. <laughs> So guys, that was Danielle Galligan playing Personality Bingo with Tom Moore. And a massive thank you to Danielle for causing absolute havoc over the last hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. And as I said, come check us out at Lyrics. Uh, it's a play that I've written. Danielle does such a beautiful job and it. it's directed by the wonderful Romana Testa. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Jesus Christ, my mom's listening. Yeah, uh, well, hello, Lorraine. Uh, Danielle did a... Love you. <laughs> <it. laughs> Danielle did a perfectly normal job. Uh, on Absolutely average at best. <laughs> Oh dear. Um, so yeah, come and check us out. As I said, we are on at the theatre upstairs from the 30th of March till April 14th. Shows at 7 o'clock uh, and also some matinees on the Wednesdays at 1 o'clock as well. Uh, that's with Squad Productions. All the details are at uh, theatreupstairs.ie uh, or at my Twitter at Team193, wherever you want to go. A few quick thank yous before we leave you to it. Uh, a massive thank you to Erin Lindsay um, for the wonderful production that she does on this podcast for mixing, <laughs> editing, and producing. Also, a massive thank you to Connor Nolan for the deadly artwork, to Leah Moore and Anthony Manley for the wonderful theme music uh, and as always a massive thank you to Alan and Paddy at Headstuff so for having us part of the network it is great to be on here the lads. on the lads uh, also as always 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 a massive thank you to you for taking the time to listen come check us out at Lyrics Daniel Galligan any last words uh, the cabbage <laughs> I don't know fuck it <laughs> we'll see you next week for another episode of Personality Bingo with Tom Moran <laughs> <laughs>